Blog Talk Radio. Right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rodrigo, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is uh, Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are, of course, the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy, and welcome. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Always uh, excited to do our Tuesday morning show, and we've got uh, a very interesting show this morning, um, as I, we've sort of been leading up to over the last several weeks uh, we are doing one of many uh, sort of panel discussions, if you will. We've got some great guests this morning that are going to be joining us here in just a moment. And we're going to have a great discussion on adaptive golf. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But let me remind everybody, of course, we are live here uh, every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. And obviously, the uh, best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf up in the search key and that will bring you to the main page. For some reason, if you can't listen or tune in during the live broadcast, not to worry, just visit that link and uh, scroll down to the on-demand section. And all of the shows, including today's, uh, are auto-recorded, so you can listen at uh, your convenience. Uh, so just visit that link. You can also catch us at iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now TuneIn.com. Just visit the podcast section, and again, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well, and you can listen whenever, again, it's convenient for you. Always love to hear from you. If you want to call into the show during the live broadcast, you can do so by calling area code 347-945-5855. Or you can certainly reach out to Cindy or I. We're always uh, glad to hear from you. Uh, Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. And mine, of course, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. So this morning we're going to have, um, Cindy, obviously a little bit uh, different program. Normally we have... Uh, you and I have a little bit of a discussion, uh, and then we have a, a very special guest. But we actually have three very special guests this morning. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them, and we're going to have a, a great discussion on the women of adaptive golf. And let me just start off with the first uh, guest. Uh, she's actually been on the show before, uh, Gianna Rojas, uh, the one-handed lady golfer. Uh, she's affectionately known as the, also the founder of Adaptive Golfers. Uh, no obstacle, of course, is too daunting uh, to tackle, and having been born uh, without fingers on her left hand, Gianna is known worldwide as the one-handed lady golfer, as I mentioned, and again, founder of Adaptive Golfers, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Adaptive Golfers is a flagship 501c3 nonprofit uh, organization supporting and serving as a resource to global communities uh, of differently abled individuals who may be dealing with some physical, sensory, or cognitive uh, health and or uh, age-related challenges. And through golf, they can help improve the quality of life, build or rebuild uh, self-confidence and dignity by using it as a therapeutic and rehabilitative tool. Uh, Gianna is on a journey herself to improve awareness of, uh, for adaptive, accessible, and uh, uh, acceptable uh, golf and contributed to changing mindsets on a global level that is golf for all abilities. Uh, and, of course, she's a member of very many uh, organizations. We'll mention a few as we go along. Also joining the show is Mary Beth Koberger, uh, who's an LPGA and PGA teacher professional, and she has more than 30 years of experience teaching students of all experience levels to have more fun uh, playing golf. And in 1987, she became the first female elected to the New Jersey section of the PGA. Uh, she's also a certified uh, personal fitness trainer uh, and uh, owner to the T Golf uh, uh, program. She's also uh, was a health instructor, or sorry, head instructor in charge of uh, juniors at the David Glenn's Golf Academy from 1999 to 2007. Uh, she's also a, an adaptive golf instructor. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that as the show uh, progresses. And also on the Adaptive Golfers Advisory Board and Director of Adaptive Golf Coaching. 
Uh, our last uh, guest is uh, Yvette uh, Pigas, uh, who is an educator and went from engineering to educator to advocate for passion, parenting, and people with disabilities after suffering from a traumatic brain and spinal cord injury in 2012. Today, she is also the Ms. Wheelchair International uh, for 2016-17, a sought-after professional speaker, author, and trusted voice uh, for the largest people group in the country. Uh, she's the founder or chief uh, transformation officer of your Invisible Disability Group, the thought leader of the 4-4 Signature Program for newly disabled and uh, diagnosed persons, uh, exclusively uh, synopsized in her training workbook, The Art of Adaptability. She also co-authored My Mommy Had Brain Surgery and I'm Okay with her sons uh, when they were seven and five years old in an effort to stop bullying and turn their storms to stories. And yes, of course, she is a wheelchair golfer. So ladies, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, we're glad you could join us. Thank you. All right, we've got uh, a great discussion, and Jana, we're going to start with you this morning. Um, and I think something that, that maybe would be very interesting to sort of begin the conversation with, just to give people an idea of some of the numbers. I know you've put some numbers together for us. Talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, uh, first off, a little bit about your journey but then let's talk about some of the numbers and the overall breakdown for women and girls with disabilities, just how, how uh, many are uh, involved in that category. Well, first of all, thank you both to uh, Cindy and for Ted for having me on again. Um, I know we've talked about this topic before. Um, I actually was born with no fingers on my left hand back in 1962 and grew up through a life of being um, what they now call bullying, but teased and picked on and not picked for the team and left out. Um, and I had no idea um, until here I am in my adult, uh, now senior years, that golf was an avenue and was an escape that I could have possibly benefited from as a child. Um, had I known about it, what I know now, I would have turned around and said, I'm not today, bully. I've got to go play golf. Um, so <laughs> I have now taken, um, I guess, the next phase of my, my life and the journey to try to bring golf and awareness to not only um, adults but children who have different abilities. I don't, you know, I don't like to use the word disabilities because there's nothing should be dis. Right. And I'm using that as an opportunity, um, as a conduit, using golf as the conduit to be able to help instill dignity, self-esteem, pride, um, helps improve the quality of life on both a cognitive and physical benefit level. Um, so I guess it's kind of like a, instead of using golf as a leisure um, game or a sport, the approach is now thinking about it uh, a little deeper and using it as an adaptive therapy um, on a cognitive and physical level. So we get out and try to inspire and motivate others that feel or have been told they cannot um, or don't think that they can, and uh, we just find a way. You, you, you talk about um, being a, a person, an individually driven um, uh, coach uh, where you go and you teach people, you know, you're teaching people that adapt in any age bracket, in any challenge. Um, there's illnesses and injuries that happen. Um, people with strokes get weaker, have, may have weaker grips or arthritis with aging. There's so many different resources that are out there that aren't being showcased. So it kind of happened where on my own search to find out how to play golf, I became this a valuable resource hub, um, and now I'm utilizing that to get out and be an advocate and ambassador to speak about adaptive golf and get more people out there uh, on the course integrated with the rest of uh, the other golfers. Right, well said. Now, you and I have talked a little bit before, and I know you've got some, some more updated uh, data for us, but just give us an idea of some of the numbers that we're talking about, because it's actually quite astounding. I was, I was very surprised um, the last time that you and I talked and you mentioned the numbers, and that was, of course, from a previous study, uh, but you've got one that's a little bit more updated. Give us a, an idea of some of the numbers of, of uh, those that falling into this category are. 
Well, there are, um, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, um, we're we're due for a new one soon, I hope, (laughs) Um, but uh, according to the Census Bureau to current numbers now, there's 56.7 million disabled individuals in this country alone. That's not on a global level. That's just here in this country. Um, And the the breakdown of that, um, about 20... 7 million of that is of female gender. So if we're going to break it into where we're going to talk about, um, of course, we're talking about women, um, it's still such a huge number. Um, The University of Clemson um, and also the National Alliance of Accessibility um, have done studies where They've they've kind of broken it down to say that okay well out of that 57 million how many are of age or of um, ability that would 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 like to may have played before or um, you know or would like to learn to play golf and they've come up with numbers that right. are um, going to the point where there's 13 percent of that. Um, that, that really would like to get out there and play golf that may not be playing right now. So it, um, the, like you said, the numbers, it's kind of hard to wrap your number, your head around the numbers until you really look at them and say, wow, you know, that represents a very huge population that is not being addressed um, in, in a fashion that, you know, the, everybody knows that we could go out and try to play golf with a different ability. So that's part of what right. the mission is I'm taking upon myself here. Right. And you're, as you said, you're, you're really trying to sort of bring the uh, awareness through your uh, adaptive uh, golfers organization uh, to not only um, let, let the, the people know that um, this is something that they can use not only uh, to go out and have fun, but it also can be very therapeutic. Um, but you're also right. trying to provide some resource information as well um, so that they know where to go and, and to get some of the answers that they might need and, and uh, connect with people, uh, let's say, such as Mary Beth, who've been trained uh, in working uh, with some of our adaptive golfers, uh, because obviously everybody's needs are different in general, but uh, even more so in some cases here. Um, so you did some things at the P- right. You did some things at the PGA merchandising show, and, and uh, you've got a lot of initiatives, uh, not only for this year, but for next year. Talk a little bit about those. Certainly. Um, It was uh, very prevalent to me when we attended the 2017 show um, that there were some amazing uh, sections within the show. You have have your merchandise section, you have your fashion section, you have your equipment section. But I wasn't seeing any of the resources that I'm aware of um, that were being exhibited at the show that are adaptive products. So I took the initiative and made a phone call to um, the company in charge of running the uh, the expo, which is Reed Expo. And I just asked a question and said, have you ever considered having an adaptive resource center section within maybe your equipment section? Because it, there's so many products and services that are out there and organizations that are doing amazing work um, that although they have been doing it for a very, very long time, there's many pioneers before me, it wasn't something that was pulled together in a collective effort and and showcased. Um, so I asked if right. they would consider having a uh, a section at the show for the 2018 show, and lo and, lo and behold, they said yes. Um, so... I figured, you know what, they also have a stage where people do presentations. I also asked if there would be an opportunity, even if it's the last hour on Sunday or Friday when everybody's packing up. I mean, at least it's an opportunity to try to bring a panel of people up and discuss the topic of adaptive golf um, and just try to get a little more showcase light on it. And they said yes to that as well. Um, And then I took it one further step forward thinking, well, I have them on the yes train. To, um, to ask them if they would consider placing an adaptive introductory player development to adaptive golf um, as part of one of their breakout work sessions for the uh, instructors and coaches that are attending the show for their, their MSR credits, their extra credit 
um, you know, continuing education units that they need. And they agreed to that as well. Right. So this year was the first year there was an adaptive resource section. Um, in the back of uh, the equipment section, um, we had probably by a, a, a 60 by 60 um, square foot area where we had two hitting bays where we had people that had um, every type of challenge uh, you could possibly think of throughout all the other organizations that we are associated with come together along with adaptive products. Um, Solo Rider is an adaptive golf cart. Um, they had a section there. Uh, they brought in and, and, and talked to people about the benefits of using an, a, a, an adaptive golf cart out on the course. Um, we had the United States Adaptive Golf Alliance, which is one of the organizations that I represent. Um, they, they came in and talked about um, you know, the, the levels of play and how, how to bring people together as a coalition to talk about bringing golf into the Paralympics for 2024. Um, we had uh, Snag Golf that was there that was bringing in their products um, because their products not only are utilized for beginners and kids, but they can also be utilized in uh, indoor situations where we're working with um, developmental or behavioral cognitive challenges just to give them, you know, uh, an environment that we can work indoors and not, you know, have golf balls hitting walls and, and clubs hitting people. Um, you know, we want to we use a safe uh, product, and, and, and Snag seems to lend itself very well to that. We had somebody with foot golf. We had different um, ability athletes coming and hitting and doing expos. So it was really something that would stop people dead in their tracks because they're seeing somebody who is a, 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 a quadriplegic um, sitting in a wheelchair that has limb uh, – deficiencies on both legs and one arm, but we're in there hitting golf balls and showing people that, you know what, it doesn't matter um, what your different ability is, that you can still use golf as as that that tool, that um, activity that, that you enjoy. Um, we spoke and right. we had a class, so we taught, the, um, we taught a workshop, a three-hour <laughs> workshop. Um, so it was, uh, it, was, it was quite a new... Um, approach, although there have been people there at the show before, they've been in individual booths, kind of lost in the 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 sea of the show. Um, and now there will be now a collective section each year. So, I um, mean, it, it will grow every year. That's Perfect. awesome. Um, Cindy, I want to give – yeah, Cindy, go ahead. If you've got uh, a question that you want to jump in and ask, uh, this would be a great time. So what are your plans for next year? How are we going to expand this? Well, next year we hopefully will have more um, resources available for people to come in and touch and feel and try and look at. Um, you know, it was the first year, so each year <clears throat> the, the, that section will grow with exhibitors um, to, to provide more more resources. We are Let also looking to get part of Demo Day so that we can actually be at Demo Day and um, and really kind of show off the skills and the that the adaptive athletes have. Um, and let me uh, ask you a question. Um, sure. Is there a? I think it's great to be at the PGA show, but is there a way for you to get to your end user faster, rather than being at the show with PGA pros who may, you know, if, if the show's closed to PGA pros and they don't have any members who have adapted needs, adaptive needs, then maybe it would be a great idea or a good idea to go to the local, you know how they have the state golf shows? I was just at the yeah, Seattle golf show. Well. Okay, yeah, that's great because yeah, then you're getting well. to the end user. And the more you well, advertise that, the more they're going to be aware and people will come out. Yes. Absolutely. Well, the, the, the intent for the PGA show is to talk to the industry, and that is to get the industry right. also grab a hold of this initiative. And Perfect. if we don't have golf instructors that we can bring golfers to, we can't even start at that part. So this is part of the grassroots efforts to really get the industry 
to be thinking a little bit differently in this particular demographic because this particular demographic, when you break the numbers down, represents $214 billion worth of discretionary funds that can be spent on golf. So if the golf industry is thinking a little bit more about maybe the golf courses could be a little um, less intimidating, not all, but some, so that that maybe they're filling in some of their bunkers so that, um, you know, it's not such a hard, long course for people who have challenges or even just beginners, um, families who want to go out and play, thinking about how to re, re take what you already have as a course and, and make your first tees accessible, which really are things that are already regulated, but they're not enforced. So making your courses right. more accessible, make them more, more uh, uh, welcoming and, and, and comforting whenever someone <clears throat> that comes into the course, into the pro shop. Um, you know, are they looking at a counter where they can't see over the counter because they're in a wheelchair? It's, just that, it's that welcoming feeling. It's, it's bringing the, the two worlds together. And, and that's what the intent is, to really integrate people that have challenges into the golf world as it as it as it was known of um right to just expand it and and it becomes really really important when um when you're talking about just that that sense of i'm doing i'm camaraderie i'm doing something that I, that other people are doing and i could do it together with them i just have to adapt the way that i'm doing it so that i can still play the same game not not create a separate league or a course or a class, integrating them together and, and being able to go out and, and use it as a leisure um, activity as opposed to this big competitive, if I'm not good, I'm not going to play kind of approach. Um, Absolutely. Right. And, and I think it's, it's all bring a- the world together. Yeah, it's about inclusion, I think, really, is what you're saying, Jana, is about making yeah. it accessible for everybody and not sort of pigeonholing everybody into a, a different category. Um, Mary Breath, I want to bring you into the conversation now because um, really, you know, and Johnny, you, you had a great lead in there talking about the industry itself and, and working and getting some of the professionals uh, involved and trained properly in this area because obviously if you don't have it at that level, um, it's going to be very hard to get people to come into the to the industry that have never been there before uh, without having some instructors that can uh, can then adapt their training uh, to help some of these individuals. So, Mary Beth, talk a little bit about that. You've had some history with adaptive golfers and, and adaptive golf training. Talk a little bit about that and also about your To the T program. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I went to two of the um, coaching summits for the adaptive golfers one down in Myrtle Beach and one up at Crystal Springs. And it was, it was really educational for me. Um, it was, I, I learned so much. Um, they had, physically they had stuff for us to try, which was, was an eye opener. They had us standing on a prosthetic leg making a swing and it really did let you see things in a different light. Um, so they put a blindfold on you and have you hit a shot or have you hit one one-handed, things like that, um, which was, was like I said, that was eye-opening for me. But then they also taught us um, the mental side, like for people that might have PTSD or something like that. You know, I never would have given it a thought that if they were building houses alongside of the range that the hammering noise might be a trigger for them. So they taught us all kinds of things that you have to watch for there, um, which it could have ruined it if wow. you didn't know. Yeah, if you didn't know those facts and you went out to teach someone that had that issue, they'd be done right away. You'd lose them right away. So yeah. um, that was really great information for me. Um, not only, you know, like like I said, not only the physical uh, giving us the, the different tools, but also the the mental tools. And then the other thing I learned, I did not realize all the equipment that is available um, to help us, to help someone that does have some sort of a physical issue. Um, I mean, there's, there's 
golf clubs that are Velcro that you, you know, you hold onto a Velcro um, grip. So if someone has an issue holding onto a club, they don't have to worry about it. It's, it's real easy. Um, you know, they have all these different special kinds of equipment all the way up to a paramobile where someone can, you know, play that can't even stand. Um, so that was really great to know that there are resources available that can we can get this equipment for people so pretty much anybody could get so they could play. Right. And and you know what's what's interesting, Mary Beth, is is as a teacher professional um, you know, Cindy and I understand some of the, the what we would classify as the normal challenges that that everyday golfers have. Now you've added some some new challenges in there. So as an instructor, um, first and foremost, seeing what you're dealing with and understanding some of the the new challenges that you might be faced with as an instructor, but more importantly, knowing that there are resources available that can not only help the player but also help the, the instructor as well be able to work more closely with their students um, that may be uh, uh, dealing with some of these challenges. And, and having that information, I think, is valuable to you as a, as a teacher professional, correct? Oh, it's, it's so valuable. I, you know, you, I don't think you could do it if you didn't know that. Right. Um, talk a little bit about your uh, To The T program, what's, uh, what's involved there. Well, I have all different programs that I run, um, you know, junior classes and camps and leagues and beginner classes for everybody. And um, we're trying to, you know, get the word out that anybody is allowed to participate in this, um, you know, all these different kinds of programs that I run. And I also do, you know, golf in the schools. I bring it to, a, you know, I think I'm in 12 schools this spring. So there it is more inclusive, you know, when I go to a PE class, mm-hmm. there there are kids that, you know, have all different kinds of abilities. Right, right. So you, you're already faced with that in sort of mainstream edu- uh, the education system. And, right. uh, you know, one, right. And, and obviously having that, those tools and those skills as a, a golf professional and being able to work with students that may, again, fall into that adaptive category um, just gives you a, a little bit more um, of a, a better working format, if you will. Um, there's also some benefits, I'm sure, that you see uh, for girls with disabilities learning to play and compete. Because this is, a, you know, even though women's golf has been around for for many many decades, um, young girls are a new and growing uh, population, if you will, that seems to be taking over and uh, is long overdue. But obviously. Uh, girls with young girls with disabilities talk about that a little bit because obviously there's some self-esteem issues at, under normal circumstances obviously this is even another hurdle that many of them have to get over what do you see happening there and, and how do you see that them getting involved in in golf as an example uh, can help in some of those areas right well you know I see a lot of the same things that I see for any anybody taking up golf I mean any kid taking up golf it's going to help them with their confidence it's going to give them, you know, per, teach them perseverance, uh, healthy competition, sportsmanship, uh, challenges, how to deal with different challenges. That's part of golf. And anybody that is, a, you know, learning golf, those are things that are part of it. Um, so it's really the same in that respect. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, though, with um, someone that has a different ability, it seems that for them it's really important that for a, a junior that they have something that's their own in other words when someone comes up to them and says hey what do you like to do they can say i play golf you know like an like any other kid would say i'm on the golf team or i play golf you know or i do baseball soccer whatever they they find something that is theirs and they can say yeah i play golf and they do it with their families too which is great you know it gets them you know, the the one, I can think of one that was like a mom and a, and a daughter, and it was great to get them to have some activity outside that they could do together. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're, you're like exactly every, right. And, just like everybody ahead, else, Beth. you know, it's, it's something that's fun. <laughs> right. I mean, we understand those that have been in the golf industry and those that maybe have played golf for 
you know, a number of years. We understand the many benefits, but there's a lot of folks out there in all categories, but particularly in this um, category of adaptive, uh, you know, individuals who really feel, as I mentioned a moment ago uh, with Gianna, is that they want to feel included. They want to feel that they're part uh, of everyday life. And I think that the golf industry, as much as it has taken on some initiatives has to recognize that there is a large uh, population of both men and women and and boys and girls that fall into this category that are really not being um, serviced. And I think that they, it's a, it's a lack of really um, education on the industry's part of not really realizing um, just how many are out there. And also that a lot of them, John, as you mentioned a few moments ago, that would love to play, but really don't know how to go about it. And I think this is where the education part uh, comes in. Um, Cindy, do you have uh, some questions that you want to uh, ask? Well, we, we've got uh, Mary Beth here. What is the best program that you've done that has really surprised you with the results? Best program that I've done? Um or what, what's the biggest, like, I was shocked when you said that about the hammering. So right. what's your biggest revelation that you were like, wow, I really have no idea what they're going through. And this is so <laughs> okay. cool. All right, well, you know what I mean? Like, what's the thing right. that you go, I'm so glad I'm doing this to help someone. Right. I can tell you the, the, the one, one young boy that I taught, that had some <clears throat> mental issues that he was dealing with that the first time I taught him, he couldn't, you couldn't keep his attention for any length of time at all. And I almost got hit by him the first time I put the ball down. Cause I didn't realize that, you know, I better put my foot behind the club or he's going to swing and, and hit my hand. So the first day after the first day, I was like, I don't, I don't think that I can, you know, that this is going to work. He's just not really, you know, focusing on golf and serious or whatever. And I, I said, I'm going to give it another try. And the next time he came back and I, I realized, you know, it's not so much like Gianna said about becoming a, the greatest golfer there is. That's not it. it. For him, being out there and being a part of it was the greatest thing. Even if some of the time he was, you know, looking at the guy next to him, talking to him, it was okay. Because he was loving playing golf. Awesome. And it was really an eye opener for me that, you know, doesn't have to be about the kid, didn't have to become the greatest golfer. He just wanted to be a part of golf. Hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's, yeah, I think that's extremely uh, important. Um, Yvette, uh, I want to move to you now because obviously. Uh, you're somebody that's that's in this category. You've had some some personal experience here that maybe you can share a little bit with us, and then talk a little bit how uh, you came to begin golf uh, after some of the challenges that you've been faced with, and also talk about what some of the benefits that you've experienced along the way. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for even having this channel and speaking on this topic, Ted and Cindy, because I walked for most of my life, right? Um, A quarter into my life, I suffered Mm. from a traumatic brain and spinal cord injury. And at that moment, to be perfectly honest, I knew that my life as an athlete, as an engineer was over. I had no other reason to believe that I could continue to be athletic um, without the ability of my legs and loss of executive function. I couldn't have been more wrong. I hadn't even looked into golf prior to my injury because golf was always communicated to me as an elitism, um, as a, a man's yep. game, and just something that really rich people did on weekends. You know, it was just never really presented to me mm-hmm. in such a way that it was tangible. Um, but as an adapted golfer, which I can proudly say I am today, um, I came to realize um, that there's injury, there's illnesses, there's accidents, and obviously there's aging. So to be perfectly honest, at some point in your life, you may 
fall into the special populations group that I support. It's very much more common today than it's ever been, especially when you add the baby boomers and people who are aging. Mm-hmm. So when the PPA reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to play golf? We're looking at making sure that people of color, women, and people with disabilities are looking at golf as an, as an opportunity. Well, of course, they hit my, my trifecta because I was all those people. And they introduced me to um, a program called Get Golf Ready for women of all ages, sizes, races, you know, to actually play the game of golf. And when I went into the PGA Tour Superstore, we literally had women women between the ages of 17 and 77 uh, on the same training track to learn to play golf. I was the only one uh, using the paramobile equipment inside of the actual bay where I was being taught to play golf and so I didn't feel left out you know I was able to get up to about a 90 degree um, stance where I can literally stretch my back and feel really comfortable about playing the game and and being involved and included in the game with other women who were equally as uh, excited about learning to play this amazing sport. Yeah and that's you know, that really kind of goes to the crux of it, too. And, and I like the fact, you know, you, you talk about how, you know, you were faced with a really daunting challenge. I mean, here you are, you had, as you mentioned, you had been very athletic, uh, you know, the first part of your, your uh, earlier part of your life. And suddenly you, you, you're, you're met with, with something that really changed you, but you didn't let that deter you, which is extremely important. Talk a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Yvette, is what did you say to yourself? What was it that sort of went through your mind at the time that said, you know what, I'm not going to let this hold me back from enjoying the things that I want to do in life, including golf? That's a really good question, Ted. It was nothing I said. I will not take credit for it because perfectly honestly, I was part of the parent family, the athlete. My husband's more of the mathlete. So when my seven-year-old at the time saw me horizontal for more than a couple days at a time, he literally asked his Mm -hmm. teacher, is my mommy going to die? In that moment, I realized that my physical positioning was affecting the psyche of my small child who was not ready to receive the fact that his mommy athlete would no longer be in that role. So I will tell you, uh, Ted and Cindy, in that moment, I sat up, I literally tied myself upright to a physical chair, and, you know, my dosages kind of moved around a little bit, so I wasn't in this fog. And I literally did it because I didn't want to break my children. And because I have two young boys, I I realized that my Mm. competitive spirit didn't have to die with the loss of this life-changing injury. And I've been up and around ever since. Uh, Golf was introduced to me as a land sport, but I do a lot of water sports. And, again, because I'm a mother of two boys, I'm very competitive. So if my children say, you know, I want to play, I want to go snow skiing, well, I'll say, well, Mommy's got to try it first. And I always love the look on their face when I'm willing to go out there (laughs) for them and show them that, you know, I'm I'm still in the game. And the other thing that I've been able to do, which ironically, as an engineer, I did not have a social media platform until after my brain injury and my spinal cord injury because what I realized was I needed to change the face of disability, right? People expect people with disabilities to have sweatsuits and sneakers on. I, on the other hand, play golf in heels because I don't have to worry about walking the terrain or messing (laughs) up the green. Um, your Don't forget your <laughs> Right, and That's having right. been forced into a pageant against my will, I also get to play golf in my crown, if you know if the opportunity presents itself. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, um, there's solo riders, there's para golfers, there's a national alliance for accessible golf, the Adaptive Golf Golf Association, along with your other guests on the line who are introducing the game of golf in a way that it's never been presented. And I think what's powerful about what these ladies and and, and individuals and professionals are doing is they're changing the game of golf to become not just inclusive, not a place where you show up and 
and we have, you know, these equipment for you, but a place where you can belong. And I don't care who you are, what your abilities are, and what your disposition may be, but we all as human beings want to feel like we belong, right? We want to be somewhere where, you know, we're, we're accepted and, and we are just like one of the guys or gals. And um, more importantly, a place where we're um, celebrated, not tolerated. So even as we open up the opportunities for women and men and children in golf, people of color and just every demographic that you can imagine, we're also wanting this to look like the population that uh, these golf clubs are looking to include. And that's everyone, you know, golf is really for everyone. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about adding this adaptive sport to all of the many things that I get to do. And I get to introduce my children to, because I'm the model and example for my kids to see the world as one big melting pot. Right. And, and what a great um, testimony as well, Yvette. Um, what a fantastic story. And you're so right. You know, your, your children really mimic what they see their parents doing. And if they see their parents, you know, sort of giving up and not, and not rising to whatever challenge they may be faced with, that can send a, a, a message that can, unfortunately last a lifetime so the fact that that you know your your child your your young boy had said to you you know wanting to know whether or not you know his basically his whether his mommy was going to be okay triggered a switch if you will inside of yourself that said you know what I need to let my boys and my family know that I'm going to be okay and I'm going to be able to get out there and do all of the wonderful things along with them as they grow through their lives so you sent a very powerful message, and I give you a lot of uh, kudos and respect for that because that's not always easy given those those circumstances, um, as as we all know. So uh, thank you. Great respect for that. Um, I, I want to sort of circle around a, a bit, vet because you you mentioned something, and Sydney, you have I kind of mentioned this before on the show, and and I'm sure we've we've all talked about this, um, and that is the perception that golf gives. Um, the truth of the matter is, uh, even though there have been many great strides and many changes, there is still a perception when people think of golf, uh, they think of it as an elitist sport. They think of it as, you know, a, a rich man or a rich person's sport um, and that it's not available for them. And Gianna, I want you to share something very uh, quickly, if you can. Um, you mentioned a story uh, one of the other times that you were on the program uh, about a young girl uh, yeah. I think she was around nine or ten years old. That has uh, some of her own challenges. Who never thought that she could play golf and never thought this was for her. And you were somewhat of an inspiration to her. Uh, I'd like maybe if you just touch on that story a little bit, if you don't mind. You must have been reading my mind because as Mary Beth was talking, um, I was remembering this mother that came into a golf expo that I was at that hugged and picked me up and told me, "You just changed my daughter's life." Her daughter is 13 years old, is a, a below, above the elbow, um, born with a birth defect, so she has less of an arm than I have. And they happened to see me on the news that was covering me at the expo. And after the news was over, the daughter looked at the mother and said, Mom, do you think I could learn to play golf like that lady did? If she can do it, why can't I go out and do it? And when the mother came in and told me her story, she said she has been so shy. She's been getting worse and worse where she won't go out. She gets picked on. The girls are, are mean to her, and she doesn't want to put herself out there. She said, in the moment that my daughter turned to me and said that, do you think I could learn to play? She said, I just felt that my whole daughter's life is going to change by doing this. So I was that little wow. little girl, and I started to be that little girl again through my relationship with my husband and his golf. Um, that, that is actually the reason why I started to play was because my husband was out playing with his buddies and their wives. And here I was, that little girl sitting home again, waiting to get the call that I could go up and join them for lunch or dinner after they're done playing. So I started feeling like that 13-year-old girl that wasn't getting picked anymore. And that's when I pulled up my bootstraps and said, you know what, I've adapted my whole life. I was born this way. I've raised my babies. I've learned to crochet and knit and 
anything else, tie my shoes, anything else I have to do in my life, why can't I learn to play golf? And that's where the search for the resources to help me find out how and what I needed wasn't available to me. It wasn't readily right in front of me. And that's kind of where the premise of this whole adaptive golfers has evolved. And, um, you know, going back to what Mary Beth said about with the kids, you know, you get a child who who's, needs that little belonging to something. That's like like Yvette said too. It, it's a human need. We all need to feel like we're part of of something. And to have a child that has a challenge go from learning and introducing golf to them as as an activity and a sport for them to get involved in, and then to get them up to potential enough that they can now get out on the existing PGA league junior golf leagues and drive chip and putt contests not only does that child that have the challenge have that benefit of that cognitive and 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 physical benefits of it but now those other three kids on their team are going to perceive people with different abilities for the rest of their life in a different fashion than if they've never been exposed to it instead of being the one bullying and picking on and teasing them They'll be the one befriending them and, and being their bodyguards. Um, you know, it, right. it, it, it's just that whole, it just explodes into that whole, um, that whole realm of where the, where the real meaning and the why is. So it's really not about the golf. The golf is just the conduit to bring, get to that, that personal need that everybody feels and has. Yeah, it's, it's simply the vessel that, that's being used to uh, really to deliver a much greater message. Um, Mary Beth, I want to very quickly go back to you as well. Um, for somebody that's in the, the teach professional, I know that you've already uh, done some things and, and taken some strides. What, do you, what would you like to see the industry do um, or what uh, things would you like to see the industry offer more to, to the teach professionals out there to help better prepare them to be able to, to work with uh, other folks um, that maybe fall into uh, some of the categories that we're talking about here? What can the industry do to make a difference? Right. Well, some of the steps, Gianna's made a big stride with some of these things, like getting in the PGA show is huge because the pros actually see, oh, this is some of the things that are available to me. That's, that's been big. But I know she's also spoke with the, um, the, PB, the uh, national PGA, too, about, you know, promoting this with the PGA Junior League, that, you know, you could have a player on your team, make it accessible to everybody, let people know that this is available uh, make sure the courses, like she said, the courses are accessible. But, but mostly it's awareness to the pros, a lot of it, and, and awareness that, you know, there's people out there like Gianna that can, that can help you. Um, go, you know, can, there's summit, peak coaching summits that you can go to so you can learn the things you need to learn. Um, and, and also, like, the, they have the national um, drive chip and putt. Well, it would be great if they had adaptive golf as part of that. Why not? Why couldn't they? Uh, you know, but it needs to. People need to think about it that way. I my eyes were closed for a long time. They just need their eyes opened a little bit. Yeah, yeah I I couldn't agree more. Um, Yvette, I want to ask you a question. You know, if if you watch a lot of the uh, golf tournaments, obviously we we all know that the the PJ and the LPJ does so much uh, for a variety of different charities, and you know, quite often we will see. Um, maybe a youngster or two that um, maybe have some similar challenges to, to what you have or others that you know, um, and they might do a, a short little segment uh, during the tournament to talk about some of the, the charities and things like that. Would it be advantageous, do you think, if instead of just sort of talking solely about the charity and, and some of the things that, uh, you know, awareness and raising money, that maybe if they did or included in their segment um, something to do with adaptive golfers and showing how this community of, of uh, adaptive individuals can be integrated um, wholeheartedly into the golf industry. So in other words, millions of people that are watching these tournaments, it's not just – um, you know, an opportunity to talk about a specific charity, but maybe an opportunity to show that some of the recipients in these charities can also adapt to this game that gives back to them uh, in so many ways. Can you see that as maybe an opportunity 
uh, with some of the efforts that you're doing, that if we made this happen in the industry with, with the tournaments, that that could certainly be um, another leg up, if you will. Absolutely. Um, in my case, I'm fortunate, as I will openly admit, to have multiple disabilities, right? So I have both visible and invisible disabilities representing an entire um, spectrum of the special populations group who needs to see exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I'm also fortunate enough to volunteer both at uh, Shepherd Center, which is where I had my recovery, and Children's Hospital of Atlanta. And I have the opportunity, much like is spoken about in my book, uh, the Art of Adaptability, to be that first person that a man, a woman, a husband, a wife, a parent sees that looks like what their child or family member may experience throughout their recovery, right? So sometimes I may scare them coming in in a wheelchair, but I can tell you across the board, Ted, that everyone wants to add to their life what has seemingly been taken sure. away. And so when I roll into that room in my wheelchair and I get to say, guess what, your princess can actually wear a crown one day, she can play golf and she can water ski and snow ski, that's a one-on-one connection that I think is huge. But to look at it being a global opportunity, not just a charity, like we're helping these people do something great as opposed to these people are great already and we're adding to their greatness through the game of golf. So um, charitable events are amazing, except that tokenism jumps in every now and then, assuming that, okay, this right. is going to be on a 15-second spot, and that's it. Well, I've been doing this for a year now, and um, having been introduced to it, having been introduced to uh, Gianna and other women and individuals who are playing golf just further feeds the fire of me wanting to do this on a regular basis, not just for a spot on TV, not just as a charitable cause. But literally, if I may right. just jump in and say, I've gotten into golf tournaments where I roll in and the guys look at me like, oh, no, she's on our team. And about three or four right. holes in, they're like buddies, you know. So the camaraderie that happens on right. that, on that uh, field is just, just amazing. And, and I may not always be well-received, but once I get in there and I say, I'm going to play, I'm going to contribute to this tournament and whatever cause, it will support. I want these kids or this cause to take my money, and I need to be on your course. So you know, it's it's definitely something yeah. that's going to take a, a a type personality in a wheelchair to break through. But I think once that <laughs> breakthrough is made, we'll all be better for it. Well said, um, Cindy. I want to throw it back to you uh, very quickly um, in our final moments. If if you've got some some questions for any of the the guests or, or thoughts that you want to uh, um, add into the mix as well? I don't. I think they've done a wonderful job. This is amazing, and I'm so glad that you guys were able to join us. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I look at it this way, um, John and Mary Beth and, and Yvette, you know, life is is a learning experience for all of us, and I, I think what we hope to have accomplished with just this, even this short hour segment uh, on the Women of Golf show this morning is hopefully will be an eye-opener because uh, not only do we obviously get uh, uh, our, our regular uh, listeners of, of golf players and people that just like to go out and, and have fun playing golf, but we also get a lot of uh, our fellow professionals that uh, tune into the show as well. And I know that you know, many of them are probably thinking to themselves, you know what, I never thought of that. Um, you know, I never really um, looked at it from that perspective or realized it was as big of a demographic uh, as it was. So it gives them pause for thought and gives them an opportunity to reach out. So having said that, um, Gianna, if, if not just the uh, people that want to maybe come in and play golf, but uh, for some of the fellow professionals like Mary Beth and Cindy and I that maybe want to get involved or want to learn more, where can they go to get some of the information? I know you have a website, so why don't you talk a little bit uh, very quickly about that and and how they can get in touch with you. Yep, I do. Um, The website is uh, adaptivegolfers, with an S, dot org. And um, there is some sections there that have listings of all different resources. Uh, There's a share your your story site where you'll see videos of uh, people that have challenges and some of the uh, projects that we've been working on. You'll see some of the videos of the different classes 
Um, I believe Mary Beth is in quite a few of them wearing prosthetic legs and patches. Um, so you certainly can get um, can get get that. There's also an events page that will be listing any upcoming clinics and summits uh, that we'll be doing. Um, and you can certainly reach out to me personally uh, at uh, my. You can call me by phone at 973-632-1321 or Gianna at adaptivegolfers.org. And, and we can come to you. Um, if you have a club or a facility that um, uh, has a, a number of people that you would like to get trained, I mean, I've gone to, to talk to some people that we are going to go, go and train their, their actual club. We're going to be training their whole staff right from their backdrop people to understanding when they see someone that comes in that needs assistance and what to say and what to do and that sensitivity training to the, the front desk people, to the pro shop people, including the pros, so that everybody right. is all welcoming and, in, and the environment is accessible and, and it's acceptable um, because you can lose somebody at the parking lot if they get treated the wrong way. So, um, you know, we, we, it, it could be customized. Um, we're also looking for any type of um, uh, opportunities that are, you know, sponsorship opportunities. Um, we're running some events mm-hmm. with Top Golf and PGA Tour Superstore. Um, you know, so we're 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 out there um, trying to just get as many uh, eyes and ears as we can, and get as many people up to up to pace, so that we can have them go back to their respective clubs and begin the grassroots efforts of, of, of bringing this out to, to all over. Perfect. Great um, job. Mary Beth, uh, there, yeah, yes. excellent. Mary Beth, um, for those that would maybe like to reach out to you, because obviously you ha- uh, obviously have some experience uh, working with uh, adaptive golfers, how can they reach you if they want to uh, learn more about some of the programs you have to offer? Okay, well, I have a website, which is uh, tothetegolf.com, Um and then there's also um, there's also um, the phone number which is nine seven three six hundred eight nine five four. So either one of those uh, would get them to me. Perfect. Uh, and finally, Yvette, um, we want to thank you as well for joining us. Um, you're obviously I know involved in social media now, and you also have a, a great book. Um, how can the folks reach out if they want to learn more about your story and, and some of the uh, great things that you've done to overcome some of the challenges? And uh, is the book still available, and how can they get their hot little hands on it? Absolutely. I am the recipient beneficiary of what the other two women on this call and yourselves are doing. So if ever a one-to-one experience with me is beneficial, I can be reached at eventpiggies.com. My organization is also YourInvisibleDisability.com, and uh, I'm on social media, all platforms, as a vet piggies, and I'm always happy to reach out. Both books are still available. So my workbook is um, The Art of Adaptability, but my boys, after being bullied, also wrote a book at a very young Mm -hmm. age called My Mommy Had Brain Surgery and I'm Okay. And and that's a a, a wonderful book to help uh, this younger of us who are in a family where disability has either sprung up or have always been there to understand what it looks like by kids for kids to live in a home where abilities are changing. But uh, golf's amazing, and I'm happy to speak with anyone about it, my office number is 844-480-0081. Perfect. Well, ladies, um, uh, Sydney and I want to thank you for, for joining us this morning, Gianna, Mary Beth, and Yvette, um, for sharing uh, your stories and, and helping hopefully to open some more eyes um, as uh, women of the adaptive golf community. And we want to thank you for for all that you do and, and continue to do. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to continue this conversation uh, in some other areas that, that need to be discussed. And Jonna, we'll, we'll touch base with you about that. But um, I want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of, of Golf. It's been a very interesting and, and eye-opening discussion. And please keep up the great work. And uh, we will continue to do our part to help bring some of these uh, important issues uh, to the airwaves. So thank you for joining us this morning. Thank, thank you for having us. All right. Thank you, ladies. You have great a great job. day, ladies, and we'll. All right. That was our very special guest this morning, Gianna Rojas, uh, Mary Beth Koberger, and Yvette uh, Piggies for um, 
as the Women of, of Adaptive Golf, a uh, great group of uh, panel of professionals. Uh, and speaking of another professional, Cindy Miller, uh, I guess we've got to wrap this one up, but I want to thank you as always for all of the great work that you uh, do in this industry. You're really, um, in, in my opinion, one of the hardest working women. And, um, you know, I always hear lots of great things uh, all over social media about you. And I see lots of great things, a lot of great videos. So uh, make sure you visit CindyMillerGolf.com. Uh, she's got some great tips on there, some great advice, and you can connect with her anytime. Um, and we want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in this morning and, and each and every week for faithfully joining us here on the Women of Golf. And we look forward to bringing you uh, some more interesting guests along the way. And we're going to have another great panel discussion next month, the third Tuesday of April. So make sure you come back for that. But uh, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And we'll see you next week. All right, Cindy, have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.